Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of The Band Room. My name is Dylan Maddox, and I'll be your host. If you love wind music, play a wind or percussion instrument, teach music, conduct, or just enjoy great music, you're in the right spot. I wanted to start this podcast with the intent of bringing more awareness to music for concert band, concert winds, symphonic winds, wind orchestra, wind ensemble, chamber winds, or any other variation of wind instruments. It is my hope to bring you the best of band. Along with listening to great music, I also want to explore topics of music education, conducting, and performance. One of the aspects of the podcast that I'm most excited about is the opportunity to bring special guests into the band room. This will be on a mostly monthly basis, uh, and the guests will be the movers and shakers of the wind world, conductors, composers, teachers, and performers, bringing with them their stories, thoughts, and advice to you. Maybe you're wondering why I named the podcast The Band Room. There are the obvious reasons, of course. It's a catchy name that explains the topic of the show. I could use cool font in my logo, but for me, it's what The Band Room represents. Historically speaking, the name The Band Room could mean very different things to different people. Maybe you had a not-so-pleasant band teacher who yelled and made you play long tones all day in The Band Room. To someone else, maybe the band room was a place of a profound musical experience. Or maybe you met the love of your life in the band room. The band room, to me anyway, also represents a place that you can feel safe, a place you can laugh with friends, and a place to grow and learn. It is my hope that you feel the same way when you think of the band room, and you come back on a weekly basis and we can grow together. I think that's enough of me talking about the idea behind the show, Maybe at a later date, I'll talk more about myself and my background, but I want to get to some music and tell you some stories. So I thought in celebration of the first ever episode of The Band Room, we would look at music of new beginnings. In life, we have many different kinds of new beginnings. Leaving home for the first time and going to university or college, starting that new job, or maybe even getting married. However, sometimes the new beginning isn't as pleasant as that. Sometimes a new beginning comes from something more destructive, more violent. This is the case in the first piece you'll hear, and have already heard a, a bit of in our intro music, Jonathan Newman's Blow It Up and Start Again. This piece was originally written for orchestra in 2011 for the Chicago Youth Symphony and director Alan Tinkham, and I think was much improved when transcribed for wind ensemble. Mr. Newman has really broken the band stereotype, combining traditional wind ensemble instrumentation with the not-so-traditional genre of dubstep. But before I play the recording, let me set the scene of the piece for you. The year is 1605, in London, England, and the Protestants make up the majority of the British Parliament. As you know, this wasn't the most popular of denominational views of the time, and the Catholics were wanting their political power back. A group of 13 young Catholic men, led by a Mr. Robert Catsby, decided to take matters into their own hands. So, as one would do, they went to the cellar underneath a major building of government and brought down with them 36 barrels of gunpowder, with the intent to assassinate King James I and his associates. Why were they able to rent the space underneath the House of Lords, you might ask? Well, those were the days. A simpler time, I guess. At any rate, word got out of this gunpowder plot, as it became famously known, and King James sent down his men to search the cellars underneath the House of Lords for any suspicious activity. Although the plot was led by Robert Catsby, and 12 other people were involved, 
one person became synonymous with the event, Guy Fawkes. Guy Fawkes was the man enlisted to guard and to ignite the 36 barrels of gunpowder. He was also the man who was caught with the 36 barrels of gunpowder. Long story short, he was caught, tortured for two days, and almost hung. I mean, all he wanted to do was blow it up and start again. Here is the Florida State University Wind Orchestra with conductor Richard Clary performing Jonathan Newman's Blow It Up and Start Again.
And now for a much more pleasant type of new beginning. A new creation is made in the first movement of David Gillingham's Symphony No. 2, Genesis, a work based on biblical scripture of the Old Testament. And I think no matter your beliefs, this is a wonderful example of writing and orchestrating for winds. This morning I'll only be playing the first movement for you. It brings us through the seven days of creation. The work starts from nothing. Whirling, flexible plastic hoses in the percussion section are spun, and a pedal G is played in the vibraphone. Mr. Gillingham carries us through the creation of water, forming of land, creation of animals of land and sea, and of course, humans. The piece concludes with a benediction-esque ending. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. This recording comes to us from Mark Records, a great company providing the finest recording services with reasonable prices, outstanding customer service, and unbeatable quality. Here is the Southern Illinois University Edwardsville Wind Symphony with conductor Dr. John Bell performing the first movement of David Gillingham's Symphony No. 2. Thank you. 
I'm at that stage of life now, financially speaking anyway, where it seems I can only afford furniture from Ikea. I imagine many of you at one point or another were in the same boat, or maybe you're stuck in the same boat with me. You spend hours upon hours trying to figure out how to put together something called a dog storp. That's a couch for anyone who's curious. You look at pictures that don't really make any sense. You find a screw that might fit in the place where you think it might go. You look at your item at the end. You look at the picture at the end. And hopefully they look identical. And you know what? This next piece that I'm going to play isn't so different from that. Except for the fact that every time it's performed, it's a slightly different creation. This is the third movement of Henry Kucharczyk's Some Assembly Required. Here are his notes on the piece. As the title suggests, the piece does not arrive fully assembled. While the overall form is fixed, the details of each individual player's part can be assembled in different ways from one performance to another. Because of my interest in forms of music that allow for improvisation, I have allowed the players of the band to develop their voice within the ensemble, making personal variations based on thematic material. The result is a cumulative counterpoint, where everyone contributes their independent version of the musical phrases to the texture of the whole. Also coming to you from Mark Records, here is the University of Calgary Wind Ensemble with conductor Glenn Price, performing the third movement of Henry Kucharczyk's Some Assembly Required.
This next new beginning is a musical new beginning, coming to you from Gustav Holst. His first suite in E-flat was his first composition written for military band, and it served as a catalyst for other great composers like Vaughn Williams and Gordon Jacob to also compose for winds. Father of the modern wind ensemble and conductor on the recording you're about to hear, Frederick Fennell, observes that Holst's scoring for the work is so well-conceived and organized for the band medium that he must have had some previous experience with groups of this kind. And indeed, this was the case, as Holst himself was a formidable trombonist, having already performed several seasons with the Scottish Orchestra prior to the composition of the suite. In addition, while still in school, he performed during the summers with various seaside bands, and admittedly was unsatisfied with the music that those ensembles performed. Even though these experiences likely contributed to the composition of the suite, there is no recorded commission of the work. And the reason for Holst's writing of the suite is still unknown. Maybe, hopefully, just a love of wind instruments. So what I think we need to do is get more great composers who aren't writing for winds to play in bands. Maybe we can stick John Adams on a clarinet and get him to join a community band or something. Here is Frederick Fennell and the United States Marine Band performing Chaconne from Holst's first suite in E-flat.
can't think of a better way to end the first episode of The Band Room. Thank you so much for listening this morning. If you were especially moved by any of the pieces you heard and want to learn more, I have attached links to the show transcripts where you can find out more about the pieces, where to find them, and about the composers who wrote them. I hope you can join me next week as I take a road trip across Canada, well, at least half of it, to celebrate Canada's 150 with works by Canadian composers. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media to keep up with what's on the go. If you have any thoughts on today's show or have ideas for future shows, shoot me an email at thebandroompodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again and see you next week in The Band Room.